Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of November 7, 2011, which is episode 126. Yeah, I know. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Joining me today are Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval, and Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. What up? How's it going up there? <laughs> up there. <laughs> I was about, I'm tall. I was, yes, I was about to say, without even thinking, I was about to say Chris is erect today, but that would be the wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Chris is upright. And That's I'm upright. I'm standing start. up. Both words would be correct. One could just be obviously taken the wrong yes. way. Yes. Decided to stand up for the podcast today. Mm-hmm. He's preaching from on high. I am. Uh-oh, are we all right? Yep, I'm just... Okay. I'm... With some manual adjustments. He's fiddling with my microphone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. How are you guys doing? Good. Ah. I'm still, I can't I believe this... it's November, but oh I know, god, I know. is that and, what you groaned when I read the date? Yeah, yeah. That that and, I, and I'm still hacking up a, my black lung here. I've been like coughing. I'm not. I've been sick, cough? but I've been coughing for like the last four weeks. It's just getting annoying at this point. And you just cutting down to two packs a day didn't help. No, not, <laughs> not much. That's really, really switch to lights and not smoke. <laughs> right. They say you're not supposed to inhale cigars. That might be what I'm doing. Oh, right well, that could be. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, we can't talk about the weather. You know, we only have like two more months until we can talk about the weather again. We haven't actually we, talked about the weather in a long time. I know. We put a year cap on that or Well, it was, a, it was a New Year's resolution, which to me always has a one-year expiration date. Then we should give a weather report <laughs> at the beginning of every podcast after Christmas. Oh, yeah. We got lots of payback coming. <laughs> That's weather, awesome. though, I was a little thrown off this morning because I use, I use AccuWeather for my weather, and it was screwed up this morning. So it said like one degree for Bayport. When I got up and I'm so like, are you cried? kidding? It's like, and it was like with a low of like one of zero, something what? like that. And I was like, that just is really bizarre. People and then are- I, I looked at a different app and it was like 45 degrees. I'm like, oh, that sounds a little more accurate. Adam came to work in a snowsuit. Yeah, I'm all <laughs> Sounds up. more accurate than AccuCheck. So it's called AccuWeather. AccuWeather. AccuCast. It's a nice app when it's Accu- not giving you the wrong information. <laughs> not so AccuCast. <laughs> Speaking of bundled up, I just ordered myself a nice winter hat for my snow blowing excursions this winter. Oh, God. it's like the kind with the up. it's like the kind Fur? with the big flaps, the ear flaps Dude, that come down, like and like the Fargo? big fuzzy. Yes, totally Fargo. It's a it's a bomb, <laughs> like a bomber hat, they're, a bombardier hat. Is yes. that what they're called? Yep. I just thought about that too because I have to like do the whole lawnmower snowblower switcheroo, and it's always like, oh yeah, get yeah, on yeah. your knees and pray to God that your snowblower is going to start, <laughs> which it didn't two years ago for me. Did which you? We probably yeah, even I, talked about on this podcast. We probably, probably did. unfortunately for our listeners. But that's yeah, there's like a whole also. set of like a whole process to follow to like winterize, oh, yeah. summarize your snowblower and winterize your lawnmower. Lawnmowers seem to do okay. As the snowblowers seem to struggle. Snowblowers tough. If you don't do it exactly per instruction, you're yeah. hosed. Yeah. Didn't you think you have, I don't to, have like, to worry about that? <laughs> so I like, well, mine just said run it, run it until it runs out of gas so that there's no gas sitting in it. So I let it run. Then I changed the oil and they said that should be enough. So hopefully that's enough. Yeah, there was something else I was supposed to do too. I can't remember what it was, but. Great. All right. Well, we should run on the East Coast. We would, <laughs> we would have to be dealing with this if we're on the East Coast. No. So we should be thankful for our blessed mild weather here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, we were shoveling snow by this time last year, I think. What was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> that was like a blowhorn in our office. <laughs> that was somebody's... That was like an old-school Mac sound, like a Mac Classic yeah. sound. Or like a Windows startup. I don't know what that was. Remember when the Mac Classic used to start up? That's yeah. what it sounded like. Yeah. It sounded like it was coming from your area. <laughs> it's not in, anywhere in my area. <laughs> 
All right, let's, we only have two things today. <clears throat> One that could take a while, but I just thought this was really awesome. So we're going to call this, this segment The Battle of the Brands Woo. because, Jackie, you found an article uh, that I've actually seen floating around Twitter and the Internet about a study, not the article, but the study, about how uh, there's this survey from Comscore uh, that shows that people's affinity for brand is dropping. So that's very worthy of discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was building the podcast, I was looking for another topic, and I happened upon an article I found like a month ago mm-hmm. that says the exact opposite. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of have a battle between these two studies that, had, that apparently are saying the exact diametrically opposed things mm-hmm. uh, about how consumers, consumers' loyalty to brands. And they're both studies? They're they're both studies, quote wow. but I think we need to studies. We, right, well, we're going to have to break down, you know, which of these do we agree with, and right. mm-hmm. and you know, is there is there a problem with one or the other, or is are the studies thing, valid, right. but they're just interpreted different? I don't know. Approached, right. yeah. Well, so, I, and I th- I think our, let me predict our end conclusion will be that we agree with points of both, and. <laughs> Wow. That, that, well, and, well, we always we always talk about how we don't necessarily support the con- well. We're not necessarily opposed to things like focus groups and these kinds of studies, but they have to be taken with a grain of salt because it, it, the results can be tailored from the get go with how right. you set up the with right. how you approach the research. Well, let's see if we can put these to the meat grinder because maybe one did a worse job than the other and it knocks it further down. Mm-hmm. So in this corner. That, we did that last time, didn't we? <laughs> that Russia. <laughs> so this is a story from Ad Age. This is the one that you found uh, that says, in tough times, cash-strapped consumers shift brands. As, and then it talks about digital, which is, we won't touch that, <clears throat> digital advertising today. So this was in October 31st, Advertising Age, and this is how it starts. The global recession has devastated many industries and left millions of Americans without a job or underemployed the negative impact on consumer spending power has been brutal. Average U.S. household income fell by 10% from December 2007 through June 2011. wonder why people are marching in the streets and occupying Wall Street. What yeah, weird. According to Centier Research, and even for households headed by a full-time worker, median income has fallen by more than 5%. How can we quantify the impact that this loss of spending power has had on brand choice? Since 2008, Comscore, which I don't know who, who's behind Comscore, we'll have to dig into that, has been tracking consumer response to this question. All right, so this is the heart of their survey. Do you buy the brand you want, you most want? Well, I just completely mm-hmm. fumbled that. Do you buy the brand you most want? And then they look at it across all kinds of different segments. The results aren't pretty. In 2008, about 54% of consumers said they bought the brand they wanted most. By 2010, this had dropped to 45% and 43% this year. So that's almost a 20% decline. Declines were observed in every category with the most severe drop in over-the-counter medicines and the lowest in the household category. If consumers aren't buying the brand they want most, what are they buying? Often they are switching brands when a peer brand is on sale with 38% in 2011 say they did this compared to 33% in 2008. But they also turn to a cheaper product. 19% 19% of consumers switched to private label. So um, at the end of this, this article, it says, most major indicators suggest that the economy will be a challenge for brand marketers for some time. 
cash-strapped consumers will be the new normal. We'll continue to see strength in digital ad spending, but for brand marketers, it's going to be a bumpy ride. So the conclusion of this is because of the economy, people aren't able to afford or don't think they can afford the brands they want. So thus, the response to that question has been dropping, and they're moving to either Mm -hmm. cheaper brands or brands on sale or whatever. Okay. Okay. So first of all, what do we think about their methodology? It's a... Well, I mean, if the heart of the study is that question, I mean, obviously yes. there's much more than that, but yes, it's, yes. A, it's, an, it's a strange question because I think all of us are going to say no to that, even though, for example, cars, let's use cars as an example. Maybe you love Fords, maybe you love Chevys, maybe you love BMWs. Maybe you drive, maybe you drive Fords and Chevys because you're perfectly happy with them, but you would prefer to have a BMW because it's kind of a status symbol, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's never been attainable for you. It may never be attainable for you, but it's still what you would want mm-hmm. if you could just, if you could just reach out and grab something. Um, doesn't mean you're not happy with the brands you're choosing. Um, but so that, so that's just a bizarre question. I mean, almost all of us, and very few of us could probably say, yes, we can always get the brand we want. Or maybe you want Versace all the time, or maybe you want, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's true. It is. But- Let's bring this back to one of our best arguments of all time <laughs> that extended over multiple podcasts. If I were to ask, are you living in the place you would most want to live right now? Mm-hmm. Even though we love Minnesota, I wouldn't say yes, because the place I'd most want to live is, you know, Bali or Hawaii or, <laughs> well, you know, I, yeah, I would say maybe some people say that there's no place in the world I'd rather live than Minnesota. Right. And that's fine. But it's, it's, it's a, a loaded question. It's, it's, yeah, loaded. it's a loaded question. Right. I would totally. say no only because... I don't. I am not familiar with the entire world. There's so many places <laughs> I haven't seen that I don't know if I would rather you know live there or not. So for me, the answer to the question like that would be no. Although I would also be part of me would say yes, I am because I'm very. I don't necessarily want to live really far away from family and that kind of thing. And if I chose to live in in Bali, mm-hmm. I would be isolating myself from my family in terms of physically getting together and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So unless you were so, so rich you could fly back on in your right. own jet, but right. none of this is right. I, you know, we're going off of that's the survey question, and, right. and I'm sure it is. So I think yeah, it's there are some people like me who would go, well, yeah, yeah, I love my Nissan, but the brand I covet most might be a Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, I, so I mean. The heart of that too, or it comes down to is is the does the meaning of these questions evolve over time too, right? Because if maybe maybe at one point in time people looked at a question like that and it really was based almost purely on brands that they felt were accessible to them, but but over time, you know, as brands evolve and as our just as society evolves and the way we think and the way we advance, you know, I, I don't know, these questions start to even mean different things, which a study can I don't think a study could take something like that into account right mm-hmm. and, it, and it is i mean what we've talked about some of the value in this is benchmarking so it's the same question over the years and it's dropping mm-hmm. but you know a lot of this too i think is that the whole psychology you know the one reason why we harp on surveys or focus groups particularly surveys but also you know anytime you ask somebody their opinion does not correlate with their behavior this right. has just been proven over and over so Right now, the psychology mm-hmm. of our economy sucks. People think it's, it's horrible. It is. It's terrible. High employment. Right. It's been dragging forever. The banks are you know, pillaging, whatever. People are just like still down in the dumps about it. So you apply that filter to that question, and you're like, no, you know, I can't. I can't I have get to, what I want at all. Yeah, I yeah. can't do what I want to do, and I have to cut back and blah, blah, blah. Whether they are or not, 
you can't tell from that answer. You really can't tell. So, so I think that that's a real challenge with this one is that your mentality about your security or the economy at large, which you see on the news every day Mm -hmm. will impact this question, whether you actually are changing your buying behavior or not. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. So let's talk for a second before we go to the other one. All right. How does this, would this impact healthcare if this were right? Do we think this would have an impact in healthcare? Seems like a stretch yeah. to say that it would have a big impact. Only because yeah. you just don't have the same. Most of us Brand don't have the same. Loyalty. Well, that we don't have the same decisions or the, the same yeah. options. You know, there are there isn't a Pepsi and a Coke in many cases, or maybe there is. But how do you? How in the hell do you know? You could tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke. You drink one, you don't like it. You drink the other one, you do like it. Or they taste the same, and you don't really care. You buy whichever one is on sale. But when it comes to healthcare, how that? How do you? Aside from just like just general brand perception, how do you decide mm-hmm. what is which hospital A is better than hospital B based on what? You know, hospital B well, is probably gonna be better than hospital A based on some things, and A better than B on other things. So it's it's right. just a it's a, it's a complicated decision yes. to make. So yeah. brand loyalty is just not it's not cut and dry like it is with Pepsi and Coke. Yeah. Well, and it's certainly not driven by price at, at this stage. So people right. make decisions all the time about whether they're like hospital A or hospital B, whether they're valid or what that's based on. <laughs> but but it's rarely based on price even these days. And we talk about consumerism and how that's moving things. Mm-hmm. And I still think it will. But, you know, it's it's pretty infrequent that folks shop on price in healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I think and I think so I think you're right. But I think where it could have an impact, and we talked about this in two thousand and early two thousand and nine is that the overall economic crisis has driven down utilization of healthcare. Right. So you've got more people without a job, thus without health insurance, right. more people underemployed with bad health insurance, you know, companies dropping health insurance, people having high deductibles, so more out of their pocket. All of that means that people are thinking twice about going to the doctor, uh, they're splitting their pills, they're doing all these things that drops utilization yeah. of care. Um, though... Of course, the overall portion of healthcare in the economy is still growing, so that may be counterintuitive. But <laughs> so, if this is saying that the economy is still, people are still reacting in the economy like they're worried about money, then that doesn't bode well for any company. Right. right. But healthcare. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. And this corner, brands <laughs> are stronger than ever. <laughs> that according to Brad Hanna from Marketing and Millennials. Um, well, is that what this is from? I can't tell who that. You know, I'm just terrible with my research here. Brad is from, it's interesting, Brad is from Off the Shelf, which is a blog that is helping private label food brands take advantage of all the opportunity the market offers. So this person actually works for a company that works for private label foods, I think. So, Sounds Brad, like I apologize it. if that's wrong, but that's what it comes off as anyway, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is interesting given how he takes his research. So, <clears throat> article's title is More Evidence Consumers Still Want Brands. Retailingtoday.com, well, I've never heard of them, their top brand study should serve as a reminder to retailers that in an overwhelming majority of categories, consumers continue to express a brand preference, and that reference... And that preference is strengthening compared with the past few years. So he's saying the exact opposite, that people's brand preference is right. actually increasing. Mm-hmm. And then this is the kicker. 
There was an overall surge in brand preference. This is noteworthy because it took place against the backdrop of one of the worst recessions anyone can remember, which caused a predictable shift in purchase behavior as shoppers deferred purchases or sought less expensive alternatives. So he's framing it with the economy as well. And he's saying, wow, despite the bad economy, mm-hmm. people are still loyal to their brands. The, I would say that's the exact opposite of what we just heard. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. So let's dig into the top brands. Study from retailingtoday.com. Let's see who's right. Okay, so uh, they say top brands weather the recession have emerged even stronger last year with an increased percentage of consumers in 13 of the 17 major categories indicating a stronger brand preference when compared with the prior year. So exact opposite, right? The numbers are going in a better way. So here's their methodology, okay? Mm-hmm. So Retailing Today works with Leo Shapiro and Associates, research firm, blah, blah, blah. They've been doing this for 20 years. The survey, 1,000 telephone and online interviews during December 2009. Okay, so first of all, (laughs) this is a little old. I mean, it's a 2010 top brands. The article was written last week. No, it was dated like September of this year. Oh, huh. weird. So that might be part of the issue. Um, to ensure, let's see, blah, 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 blah. Those surveyed were asked whether they shopped in nationally known discount department stores. Would people know that? Yeah. You shop at Target, you shop at Kohl's. You'd be able to answer that question on a survey, don't you think? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't you know You don't know I, whether you'd be able to answer that? I don't know how I'd classify those stores and if that would go into that category. This, what'd you call it? Discounted what? Nationally known discount department stores, drug stores, and superstores. Well, maybe. Then they were asked which categories they shop for in those stores. You'd be able to answer that. Clothing, mm-hmm. food, whatever. Mm-hmm. From there, respondents were asked which brand they would want to buy if they were shopping for a product in a specific category. So this is unaided. So in other words, they would ask you, do you shop at a national retailer? Yeah, I shop at Super Target. What do you shop for there? I shop for food. What major brands of food would you buy? And then they track what people respond to. And so what they're, what they're talking about is that the level of uh, brands that are, that are given as an answer is going up, which what they're equating that to is saying people are more loyal to brands. Well, so that's how they're that. – yeah, that's, that's their conclusion. So what do we think of that? Maybe Does that make sense, first of all? Yeah. Yeah. It's unaided. And they're saying, okay, so you shop at Super Target, shop for food. What are the brands that are buy? most important to you? Yeah. And then you're supposed to name them. So I could name a few. Roll Gold. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Even though I'm pretty darn brand loyal, it would be hard for me on the top of my head to think of them. Yeah. What about clothing, Adam? Would you be able to list the clothing brands you buy? Um, unaided hmm maybe a few like there's an online place that i order t-shirts from a lot just because i think they're they're funky t-shirts and they fit well um but so in that case yeah but that's like it's a little different you know i'm not going to a big store for that that has all sorts of brands you know i'm going right to the brand itself um yeah other than that though for clothing i'll go i'll buy clothes anywhere as long as i like it and it fits good 
it's, I, or if it's, it's, well. it's hard to remember unaided what I buy. Yeah. I mean, if somebody said, well, what about cereal? I could rip off some cereals that I buy on a consistent yeah. basis. I don't know. Kellogg's I'm, Frosted Flakes, Life Cereal, whatever. But the only thing I could say would be a soda, except for like prefer Dr. Pepper. Although I'm not, I'm fine. And when it's not on sale, I will buy the cheap knockoff stuff or get Mr. Pibb. Tastes the same for the most part to me. Um, so I, yeah. What do you think about the methodology of asking people name the brands that you buy? Do we think that's a valid way to actually measure purchasing behavior? Maybe I don't, it seems, it seems odd. Cause I can't, I mean, in many, like I said, in many, like you said, in many cases, I can't remember there might be like a particular type of noodle that I used to buy all the time when I used to do all the grocery shopping. Um, and maybe I just knew that it was the green box, but I have no idea what the brand is. You know, I guess there's still brand loyalty there because I was always getting that one, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's strange, but I mean, what other, well, I guess what other metric would you use to try to determine it? I mean, it's probably about as good as anything. You, well, the best metric would be to look at what people buy, well, not yeah, ask yeah. them. But still, I think it's more likely that I'm able to, especially if I'm given the opportunity to like go to my cabinets and check to remember, I think it's more likely that that I'd be able to answer what brands do I buy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's an indicator of brand loyalty, I don't know. You know, I think that's tough. I mean, so we look at these two studies, and they're saying exact opposite things. One is showing a decline in people people expressing that they're buying known brands, and mm-hmm. the other is showing an increase in people expressing that they're buying known brands. Now, the mm-hmm. one that we just read, again, they asked in, I can't believe, maybe I pulled the wrong deal. This would be really embarrassing if I just pulled the, like, the wrong <laughs> podcast study. In the toilet. Yeah, that would be really, that, there goes your study right there. I can't find a date on Brad's. Look at the brain on Brad. Is it not at the top there? <laughs> What's that? <coughs> Is it not at the top there? It says 2011. No, it, it, it doesn't say. It says when I printed it off. It <laughs> well, that'll say work. The, the date of the. But, <laughs> what again, motherfucker? I dare you. But the but the the report that I pulled is a 2010 report. But it's over the same time period, roughly. So let's just pretend that it is. Right. Anyway, do we do we have any answer other than maybe the dates are? <laughs> and I don't think that would be it. I pulled the wrong data. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really interesting that one shows one and one shows the other. I do think the first one is flawed and then ask people to think about are they able to buy it and given the the couple reasons that we gave, one that people will define that differently. Mm-hmm. You know, well do you mean well sure I'd buy a Lamborghini, I can't get that. So that's a no. So that's one problem with it. And then the idea that the whole economic cloud is gonna judge is gonna impact your judgment of what you can buy, whether it's true yeah, or not. Your feelings for sure. So I don't know. I don't know. Interesting, though. Yeah, it's interesting. And I do think that, uh, I think there's plenty of evidence that shows as economic times go sour, people drop. Mm-hmm. They drop what they can, they, they have to. They can't afford the brands. Maybe they would. I mean, you see, um, you saw for a while the higher end luxury brands suffering. Mm-hmm. Um but now you see almost this disparity, and this is based on sales, not on what people say. Right. And the luxury brands are thriving. Yeah. The super low, even below Walmart discount brands are thriving. It's the middle folks right. that are suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some article just two days ago that I saw. I wish I would have 
grabbed it because I knew it was going to be relative to some of the other fodder we had been marking. Um, but it was about that whole the surge in the purchasing of, despite the economy, the surge in the purchasing of luxury stuff, mm-hmm. like Bentleys and super high-end stuff, which is also a sign of the times. Yes. Talking about Occupy, Occupy Wall Street. Wall well, it's the stuff. people at the upper echelon that they're not affected by the economy nearly right. as much. Right. You know, certainly some who lose their jobs at the top. But they've got so much right. well, when your cushion. Wealth, when your wealth swings by a percentage, in, so let's, let's, say, let's say across the board everyone's down some arbitrary number, 50%. That's a big deal for some people. It's a big deal for if you've got a lot of money too, but you still have a, enough to yes. live. Extraordinarily right. comfortable life. Yeah. And obviously that number is pulled out of my backside. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I see that. And then you see the people that, you know, any little hit to their income and their and they, You're done. Walmart is a right. luxury and right. they have to go down to the dollar store. The dollar store and those kind of things. Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the product too. I mean, maybe some mm-hmm. people are unwavering, for example, with Apple. They still want to maybe buy a discounted computer, but they might look for savings elsewhere, you know, with like not really caring what paper towel brand they buy or you know, dish soap and stuff like that. I know yep. those are two different price ranges, but maybe some things are cut and other things are not. So, and and we're assuming that these are these are representative of the demographics in the country. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it skews one or the other. So, just interesting that yeah. two people read you know get responses that say the exact opposite. And you know when you look at Brad and the the company that the blog comes from, which is to support private labels yeah you know you always got to look for people that have like an incentive to push something one way well that's motive but yeah but that's the opposite motive i mean you would want somebody who's supportive of private labels to to, you would assume that they would promote research that would show that brands don't have as much power because that supports private labels right and that it's the opposite he's saying the opposite so that gives them a little credibility Mm -hmm. all right Cool. Well, maybe some folks have some insights they want to share with us. All right, one more, and then we'll call it a day. Adam, you found this. Um, this uh, It was an article about a new, I don't even know what you call it. I mean, it's kind of an interactive deal, but it's much more than that. It's called Coffee and Power. And the headline for the article we'll post says, Work for each other, not the man. <laughs> so describe what this thing is. Yeah, well, if... Um it's it's a it's a startup from a guy named Philip Rosedale. If you're familiar at all with Second Life, he's the uh, the founder of that. Which is um, a describe it's that online it's world. It's online. Yeah, you... it's like a virtual world where you kind of live a, a second life. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit in the past in terms even with health even in the sense if, when it comes to healthcare. Right. Because um, we had a, we actually had a blog post I think on our on our old site, um, which might still be alive out there somewhere. Um, the post that is. Uh, about <laughs> about health how healthcare was creeping in to actually start serving people in these virtual spaces. Like there were actually clinics that had a presence in Second Life where people could talk about things like mm-hmm. STDs that I they normally that. would be very uncomfortable talking right. about. So anyway, that's this guy. Um, but he's an entrepreneur. He's an investor. I think he's like an angel investor type guy. And he's got a new startup that he's um, uh, kicking off called Coffee and Power. And it's 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 kind of a a virtual it's a virtual space for trading services or for performing for doing things for people um like design work 
Or actually, you know, one example that's in here is somebody created a zombie costume out of a suit. So these random things are big, sophisticated projects, but it's a place where you can go and find people to do something for you, basically. A, a resource for people who are looking for work and people seeking people to do work to find each other and get matched up perfectly. Uh, one of the, some of the interesting things about it now is that there's not necessarily an ex- direct exchange of currency. They actually use kind of a, a virtual currency that just lives in this space for the trading of the goods. Um, I get the, you, can, you can cash it out for real dollars, so obviously it's still something you could do to, to, to make money and actually pay people real money to do, to do work because you have to buy credits and stuff. Right. But, um, so it's, in a sense, it's a little hard to just... Um, it's, it's, you almost have to read the article because it's a little hard to really explain what it is. So I'd yeah. recommend checking out the article, which we'll have in the show notes. I'd also recommend watching... Um, we could probably also link to um, Kevin Rose, who's the founder of Dig. We probably talked about him a time or two in the past. Um, also kind of a similar guy, entrepreneur, angel investor, um, did interviewed this guy about this project in his foundation podcast. So we can link to that. So you can watch that if you're interested. Um, but it's also a, it's also a space. It's not just this online place where people who need stuff done can find people who will do the work for them. Um, but it's also tied to the concept of a space for people who do work. Like a spe- I think specifically the initial concept is that it's like designers and developers. It's a, it's a coffee house where they can come together to do this kind of work and have people to work with who are in that space and to bounce ideas off of them. And in many cases, maybe even team up with to execute some of the work. Um, so cool. it's just this cool combination of a virtual space that's almost like a Craigslist or Angie's List kind of hybrid mm-hmm. way to find people who have... I need to back up a little bit. The currency system that they use can also be used to kind of rank people, kind of like as like with how Quora works. Oh, so I was just not, gonna ask you about Quora. Yeah, <laughs> that's still out there. Yeah, that's yep. It's is still it pretty out there. strong? Uh, I don't use it. I use a derivative of it called Stack Exchange, um, which is for like designers and developers. Yeah, um, that's very strong, very very strong. Um, but yeah, so it's it's an interesting concept, but it really. It solves it, it solves a problem that 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 other sources like Amazon and eBay solve is that you've got maybe a, a product or a good that you want to sell in those cases, and they give you a venue through which to sell it. They take a cut of it, of course, um, mm-hmm. but it's a way for you to get out there and to start making money and making connections that you otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to make. Um, so this is a really cool resource, kind of like that, in the same vein for. Designers, developers, any, not even just that. I mean, anybody who does any kind of service. I mean, you could be a, a, a somebody who knits or an electrician or mm-hmm. <laughs> someone who knits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the one, like the, the one or humorous, interesting example on here was that one of the one of the tasks that somebody needed performed was they wanted to turn an old suit into a zombie costume. And there was somebody who had like done that before and, and they're like, well, I could do that easily. That's kind of the thing I do as like part of their job or whatever. So this person and there's vi- like video or images in here showing like the end suit and stuff. It's just interesting. So they so have was to be paid near to you to do that? Or uh, just not necessarily. Pictures? You'd probably be able to, I mean, in terms of finding the person, obviously online, that this system like this makes that pretty easy, whether you're in China or well, China, you are probably on different networks, but, <clears throat> or blocked. China would probably block something like this. From <laughs> That's right. That's um, too democratic. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say Canada, and the United States. There we go. That, that works. Actually, it's more communist than, than capitalist. Yeah. So you think China would love it? You would think you would, yeah. The the overall idea. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, where, where the heck was I going with that? I don't know. Check China China threw me off. They tend to do that. They always do that. <laughs> Damn you, China! Darn China! 
So anyway, it's an interesting concept. Um, you know, one of the things that we face from time to time is people coming to us with stuff that we just, it's not a right, it's not a good fit for us. Um, and, and a resource like this would be an amazing place to be able to turn people to say, hey, you know, it's kind of a unique need that you need executed. Um, we're not the right fit to do that, but here's a massive resource of, of a pool of people who could be perfect for what it, you know, what it is you need to do. And you could throw out the price you're willing to pay and see who, who's willing to do it for that price and check out how good their work is. And mm. I don't know. It's a cool it's resource for yeah. finding people to help you do stuff. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we'll check it out. I tried to go to the site and it wouldn't let me load it. I don't know if it was just. Bummer. Did you go to the article that we had linked? Read right web. Went to the article the and then I tried to click on it. Click on coffeeandpower.com. I think it's the URL for it. It just wouldn't come up, but that might have been my own weefy. My weefy issues. <laughs> All right. So should we call it a day? Let's I, call it a I day. I smell sure. pizza. I smell pizza too. I know. Yeah, I gotta eat. Nice. I'm starving. And I scratched myself, so I need to. Excuse when me? I think about you, I scratch myself. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Thanks that's, for the song. I don't scratch that's awesome. anybody else. <laughs> You've that's heard that great. before somewhere. Have Excuse you? me while I scratch myself. <laughs> All right, well, we, we better go now before we ruin our appetite for lunch. <laughs> the arrogant healthcare marketing bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Retackle, and Adam Meyer. Talk to you next time.